Joining me to talk today about a topic from his book called Body Parts. It reads on the front, Priceless organs and brand new body parts available without cost have been overlooked and untapped by the body of Christ. It's time to gain access. Author of Body Parts joining me today, Frank Hanks. Frank, welcome to the uh, pilot show with us. How you doing, man? Hey, Million. It's good to hear from you again. I'm uh, I'm itching to get back to Vegas and see you guys, but uh, until I do, I guess I'm stuck up here in the winter. Uh, I don't know if you can hear the snowmobiler in the background, but I'm out in the country, and there's a guy on a snowmobile, so hopefully we won't get too much feedback. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we just watched a video, uh, yesterday about a testimony. Uh, a man was testifying to a group of youth, probably about 20 or 30 youth in the video talking about a trip to Nigeria where there was uh, a big meeting of 150,000 people. And in the meeting, it was, uh, just otherworldly because, uh, 150,000 people were born again in this meeting. Uh, Also, a glory cloud came in and began just supernaturally uh, uh, putting body parts back on people. There were people uh, who had leprosy, whose noses were gone and fingers were gone, and supernaturally, in that glory atmosphere, these parts began to be replaced. This is something that happens, uh, in my in my opinion, far too rarely these days. But uh, we're uh, we're bringing these uh, uh, imaginations back into the body of Christ and causing them to kind of see things that are possible that maybe they've never really looked at before. So so that's the focus of the book Body Parts that I wrote. You know, you just said something that really got me, uh, kind of lit me up because I want to bring this out, and this is very huge to establish. Now, the topic of what we would call creative miracles is a, a big discussion because people say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I see that in the Bible or not, and and I want to address that quickly, okay? Um, in this case, when we talk about creative miracles, we're talking about things of creation. For instance, things that are not there coming into existence, such as a new body part. Now, sure. people would say, well, where did Jesus do this? I didn't see it. Well, what you got to remember, and this is what Frank just said, listeners, was that when lepers get healed, if you've ever seen leprosy, if you've ever seen what it looks like in pictures or heard of it, body parts fall off, okay? Noses, fingers, hands, things gangrene and die off and fall off the body. So I want to point out the, the um, many accounts where Jesus cleansed the lepers. So when Jesus cleansed lepers and made them whole again, I guarantee you there were some of them that were missing noses, ears, fingers, and he cleansed them and restored them. And that's when he said, go show yourself to to uh, whomever, the leaders, whomever you need to, to go to at this point. And I, gu- I guarantee that if you're one of these religious leaders at the time and you know of a guy that's a leper who's missing fingers, ears, and noses, he shows up cleansed with everything back in place, I'm pretty sure new body parts were put back on. So when you say, did Jesus ever do this, think of cleansing lepers, because that's a a case in point, primary case example of when that happened. So I just wanted to touch on that quickly, just so we have some sort of basis for this. So um, Frank, you were saying with the lepers, that's, uh, it's amazing that that's still around, but it is still around. It is still around, and it's very easy to treat, but uh, unfortunately, the poorest of the poor end up getting leprosy and 
can't afford the treatment, and most of them are begging for food. In India, when I was there last year, uh, you see people with leprosy coming up to your car and asking for money for food and that kind of thing. So, uh, really, it's it's right in your face in some countries. Now, that scripture that said, uh, I can't I can't remember the address right now because I'm standing out in front of my construction truck with no Bible in front of me. But there's a scripture that says something to the effect. Uh, they brought those to Jesus who were lame and maimed and blind and halt. Well, if somebody's halt, they're missing something. If somebody's maimed, they're probably mangled. So uh, you see him healing them all, which is uh, quite fascinating. And when I look at uh, the ministry of Jesus, that we're supposed to do the things he did and greater, then I say to myself, well, if I'm not doing what he did, then I have to bring my game up and figure out what it is that I need to believe in order to get the same results. When you first begin your journey, uh, you're, you're, kind of, uh, you're kind of very conscious of how incompetent you are with any particular thing you do, like riding a bike. You know you don't know how to do it. You've seen people do it before, but you've never jumped on one. And it's, there's a learning curve. Uh, and other things are the same way. Uh, healing, when you uh, first start out, you lay hands on a few sick folks. Maybe something happens, maybe something doesn't. But you're consciously aware of how incompetent you are. Then you get to a stage of learning where you're competent, but you're still unconscious of why. So this plays out. You're going out and you're laying hands on a few sick people. Some of them get healed, some of them don't. Uh, you're really happy when somebody does, but still you don't really understand why it happened. So that's the second level of competency. The third one is you're, co- you're, you're competent, but you're conscious of why you're competent. And that's really where you begin to hit your stride in ministry, because now when you uh, pray the prayer of faith, it is a prayer of faith. It's not a prayer of, gee, I hope so. Or, gee, wouldn't it be nice if God would do this? But you pray with a certainty that comes with experience, and you actually know why you're getting the results you're getting. Absolutely. Now, we're looking, just uh, I looked it up while we were talking, it looks to be Matthew 1530. And uh, I'll just grab this. It's a New American Standard. It says, And large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. Uh, another one, different translations will say things like one says maimed, where another will say they were mute. So, listeners, you got to be careful. Check a few different translations, because remember, we're already, I think, what, four languages removed from the originals. So just kind of consider that when you're going through and looking, that uh, there's always more to the story. So dig into that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, if someone is crippled or lame, there's a lot of times a reason for that, and a lot of times it involves something missing or uh, totally deformed or out of place that needs to be creatively restored. So factor that in as you uh, as you meditate on that verse next time you read it. So, Frank, now you wrote this book here. It's called Body Parts. And what was the inspiration to put this book together? Where did the original, I mean, it's a pretty radical concept, and it's something we hear about, but now you're trying to basically normalize it and bring it to everyday ministry life. So where did this inspiration come from? Well, uh, I'll tell you, 
Um, I was reading through about the communion. Paul was uh, talking to the Corinthian church, and he's saying, you know, why is it that you come here and, and you, uh, you know, you turn it into a, a buffet and a drunken uh, fest? You know, you come over here to have a good time. And then the poor come along, and you've already eaten all the food, and you've already drank the drink, and you're not really concerned about them at all. And so he, it was a, it was a mention of rebuke, and he said, uh, when we fail to discern the Lord's body, the re, uh, uh, the result is there are many weak and sickly among you, and some even die prematurely. So when you take a look at that scripture, you gotta you gotta figure out well. What is the Lord's body after the cross, after the resurrection? Where is the Lord's body now? Well, it, 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 in short answer, it's us. It's the believers. It's those who have come into the regeneration with Jesus Christ and have been born again. So we are the body of Christ. When I fail to look at million uh, to... Uh, with a view of bringing wholeness to million, I've neglected to discern the Lord's body. If I'm so caught up in myself, I'm not noticing what's happening with my brother or my sister, then I'm, I'm really neglecting what communion is all about. So communion is to come together and, and be a body where one joint uh, provides what the other joint is needed. It is meeting at the time. So when we fail to do that, we fail one another in true fellowship and communion. And because of that, many are weak, many are sickly among us, and some sleep. So it's my uh, desire to kind of bring light to that so that everybody uh, can pay attention. And when we pay attention, then we want to uh, fix what's wrong with the body. So in a nutshell, that's, that's the uh, impetus for the book. You know, something that you said, um, again, you're, you're hitting on all these great topics. And as you were talking about discerning the, the body, I happened to turn and open the book to chapter three about communion. And uh, this is going to be a topic we'll get into in a lot more detail on a different show. But um, the, the act of taking communion has an amazing effect as far as healing restoration because the uh, basically the DNA of God is contained within communion and that integrates as part of you. So I'll let you explore that on your own, but keep that in mind that in addition to discerning that, there's another level even that goes out, another branch that goes out from there. Because you'll notice that basically in Christianity, once you think you have an answer to something, like 10 more questions pop out from that answer, and it's like, oh man, where do I go now? So uh, if you're having any healing issues, anything like that, uh, check out Communion. It's uh, There's a chapter in Frank's book, Body Parts, and uh, some other people I know uh, some people are kind of weird how they feel about someone like Joseph Prince, but he has a wonderful book on communion and how to heal through it, if you ever want to check that out. And um, in addition to that, now getting back to uh, body parts. So what did you discover in writing the book about actual body parts being replaced? Uh, what did you learn as far as the process or maybe revelation that we overlook? Because I think a lot of revelation that we get is is always there. We just kind of don't notice it. So what did you notice as you were doing this? Well, uh, I started the book by telling a testimony 
uh, a man named Dr. Norval Hayes, and he claimed that when he prayed for people who had bad hearts, that God would supernaturally pump one in their chest. And I thought to myself, wow, I've never heard that before. And of course, I was very young in the faith then, and I just hung on every word uh, because he would tell other testimonies. One woman sat in a meeting of his for six hours. She didn't have a womb because she had cancer and they, they surgically removed her womb. But she wanted to have children so bad that in that meeting, supernaturally, she received a brand new womb just while sitting in the meeting. Nobody was even touching her. So I began to explore this myself, and I said, Lord, I want to do that. And uh, there have been since then, I guess uh, just shortly after that, I went to visit my brother in California. As we visited an aunt, my cousin came, and she had a bad heart. She'd had a heart attack two weeks before. And uh, so uh, the aunt suggested, hey, get Frank and Tom to pray for you. Uh, He prayed for me last night. My headache disappeared instantly. I bet he could uh, help you. So I said, sure. And so we got over there and we began to pray. And just by following what I had seen Dr. Norval Hayes do, I just laid hands on her, and I said, Father, I ask you for a brand new heart right now. Just put a brand new one in her chest. Forget about a used body part. Give her a brand new one fresh out of the package from heaven. And as I said that, she began to shake under my hand. And my brother and I both grabbed her so she wouldn't fall, and we just kept uh, just praying in the Spirit. And uh, after a few minutes of shaking, she started to normalize. But then she said, I've got cancer, too. Help me. I've got cancer, too. And so I'm about to pray one of these prayers where, oh, God, I pray that you would heal her cancer. But it seemed like the Holy Spirit took over, and he said, you foul spirit of cancer, come out of her. And he said it three times, and on the third time, the cancer left her body. She went back on Monday morning to the doctor. He said, there's absolutely no cancer in your body, and it looks as if you have a brand new heart in your chest. Um, That began to happen over and over again, but I realized, Million, that it was only the tip of the iceberg. If you can get a brand new heart, why not a brand new liver? Why not a brand new kidney? Why not a brand new pancreas for the diabetic? Uh, So we began to just ask. The Bible says this, he that believes on me, John 14, 12, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater than those shall he do, because I go to my Father. And the very next verse, verse 13, and whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will do it, that the Father might be glorified in the Son. And I thought, well, as long as I'm doing the will of God, I can ask for whatever I want. If I want to ask for a new kidney, I can ask for it. So, yeah, Jesus is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as uh, as I'm looking through the book, also because I have it here in front of me, uh, listeners want to just point out to you that there are testimonies such as "Man receives a new arm." We have a new disc. Uh, able to see from an empty eye socket, new lungs, uh, raising someone from the dead. And 
what struck me as I was kind of looking through this just now is just something to consider is that if you operate in healing ministry or if you've prayed for, let's say someone has a bad back or a disc problem in their back and you've prayed for them and their pain has gone away. A lot of times, and, and this is, I think, one of the, the problems maybe we have in ministry and, and in Christianity as a whole, is we like things in a nice, comfortable package. We like it in a nice, pretty box, and that's, a, that's as far as we're willing to go. But sometimes thinking out of that box is important. So let me just throw a, a possibility at you. Let's say you had someone with a bad back, a disc out of place, and you prayed for them, and their pain stopped, and they're healed, and everything's gone. Well, in our comfortable view of it, he got healed. God healed him, and uh, that's where it ended. We go on with our life. The possibility is, is that a brand new disc was actually put in there, and maybe we just failed to recognize it. So you probably, to a certain degree, operate in this already, and maybe are not even aware of it. So just consider that as uh, as you're going forward on this. So, you know, Frank, it, it interests me, and this is, you know, I get excited about this topic because, all right, we have... Jesus is our final say on everything. So we have records of him doing stuff like this. We have scripture that backs it up. We have testimony. I've, you know, I've heard of it. We've had healings of our own where things happen where maybe new parts got put in and we don't even know about it. So obviously there's something here. And the Bible says all things are possible. Whatever you ask in my name, those are absolutes. They're, it's possible. So what do you what do you think is the biggest I guess limiting beliefs that people have? Why are we not seeing it then if it's so legit? And it's you know and obviously this it applies to anything in ministry. You know the whole kingdom is progression. It's about growing and building glory to glory and so on and so forth. But um, for people that really want to get into this, what how do you get activated? I mean, give us some some practical get started advice and mindset. What do you got? Well, as far as uh, as limiting beliefs go, there's this uh, belief within the church that uh, Jesus is the one that does the miracles. Jesus is the one that's doing it all. If anything happens, we don't really understand why it happened. We just think it was a manifestation of Jesus. But he said, you will do the works that I do, and greater than those shall you do. And he also said, without me, you can do nothing. But that's not to suggest that you can't do anything. He's just saying you need him to help you. Right, right. You need, you need, to, be, you need to abide in the vine. It's a partnership. So, it's a teamwork thing. It is a partnership, but, but what I say, I have to believe that I am able to heal the sick because he is in me. I have to say that, you know, he sent his disciples uh, to preach the kingdom and to heal the sick. He didn't go with them. He sent them in his name. And they went, they did the miracles and had the same success that he did. So when you begin to cross over that bridge, people say, wait a minute, brother, and surely you can't believe that you can heal the sick. And I say, well, watch me. Watch me. I'll show you that I can heal the sick. Just call them right I out mean, on you, it. You can believe whatever you want to, but that's one of the limiting beliefs that somehow we've been separated from God, and we need all of a sudden in the moment to reconnect him to get in with him to get anything done. But that's not true at all, because we have the abiding of the Holy Spirit within us, right? And we are connected to the vine. Why would, why would a man separate what God has joined? I have been joined to Jesus Christ. So that's the first limiting belief. The other one is that man cannot forgive sin. But Jesus called his disciples together in John 20, and he said to them, 
uh, as he breathed on me, said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. So he's giving them the very same mandate that he had to go and take care of things. And, you know, you see in the, you see in the Bible where Jesus says, um, you know, uh, he says to the man that they put down through the roof, he says, hey, listen, uh, your sins are forgiven you. And all the Pharisees begin to, you know, question and reason and say, "Who, you know, what is he saying? Uh, no one can forgive sins but God. But Jesus later told him, he says, well, just so that you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man, uh, take up your bed and walk, and the paralytic was healed from that moment. Well, he had the power on earth to forgive sins, and he was a man born of a woman under the law. He gave the same power to his disciples to go and free people from sin. So that's the second limiting belief. Uh, can, you, can you be perfectly joined with Jesus Christ as bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh and believe that whatsoever you say will come to pass? So now, with people that want to become activated in this. Now, I'm not so much a believer of, you know, praying for impartation. I'm not a believer in that kind of stuff. But what I would like to ask, Frank, if you would... Could you please say a prayer of encouragement or uh, maybe even activation or something for our audience, for people who are ready to move into this? Um, could you pray that something just lights up in them, something comes up in them, and that they can start at least getting the revelation and understanding of this? Would you please pray for our audience for that? Sure, I'd be glad to. Uh, Father, uh, thank you for this opportunity to speak to so many people and I pray, Lord, that you would begin to impart all over the world gifts of healings, gifts of working of miracles, and the gift of faith into the listening audience. And I pray that they will begin to imagine themselves uh, going out and healing the sick and asking for outrageous miracles. And uh, Lord, show them that they are that they are uh, well able to take the land, that they're well able to do what you've called them to do. You weren't lying when you said the works that you do will do also. And so, Lord, all we have to really do is press in and believe that you were telling us the truth and we can go forward. The Bible says with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So anytime we use the power of God, we're giving witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The same power that raised him from the dead is released from our innermost being as we uh, connect with those that are maimed, those that need a new heart or kidney, those that need a new liver. And so just trust that you are able to do it and you'll begin to see things happen when you, when you realize how connected you truly are to the one true vine. And Father, I thank you uh, for sealing this testimony and Lord, causing uh, people uh, to begin to stretch their imagination for the impossible. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's an amen. I will definitely amen that. Listeners, I also want to throw a uh, sort of a practical exercise to give you as well. 
You know, there was the account where Jesus had mentioned that, you know, if you think about adultery with woman and you really kind of get into it, you're basically doing the same thing. What that speaks to me is that your imagination, your creativity, what goes on in your mind is extremely powerful. And I would even go so far as to say on the same line as physically doing it. They're really, as, as a three-part being all in unity, you know, there's, there's that element of it's all the same. Um, so what I would suggest to you is in your prayer time, in your quiet time, whatever you do, you know, you got to do what works for you. Um, in your mind, envision, kind of visualize working through praying for someone that's missing a hand and in your mind, see that hand grow back. Um, or if there is envisioning yourself walking into a hospital room where a dead person is and having them come back to life and actually visualize yourself going through the whole process what you're going to say, what it's going to look like. And I'll share with you that in uh, cases that I've had, I have done that where I've kind of rehearsed it ahead of time in my mind, almost like practice, so to speak. And when the moment arrived, surprisingly, it looked almost identical. And when I went in the real, you know, the real life application of it, what happened in my mental practice is what happened in application. So, uh, you know, you'll hear people say, oh, well, people are they're speaking in tongues. That It's just their imagination. And I'm like, do you realize how powerful your imagination is? Uh, who gave you that imagination? It's there for a reason. Everything around you was someone's imagination that came to life in some way. So they're, everything surrounding you at this very moment is creation from imagination. So don't discount that. Um, so basic, so based on what Frank was teaching, based on stuff in this book, based on his prayer, and there's some practical advice to work into your rotation as well. And, uh, if you get, um, if you get something happen, we want to know about it. You can email us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com and uh, also on our website at dominionfire.com where you're also going to find all the podcasts and, uh, all the audio and content that we put out there as well. So Frank, I want to thank you. We're, uh, basically right at the end here, so we're going to get running here, but I want to thank you for joining us today, talking about your book, Body Parts, and sharing some of your experience. If people would like to check out your book or track you down, talk to you, ask you some questions, how can people find you, and where can they find the book? Sure. You can find the book's Body Parts and Training Wheels on Amazon.com or on Kindle, uh, if you prefer e-readers. My website is www.emptyhospitals.org. And my email address is on the website. Also, there's contact information if you'd like to uh, host some teaching or some mass harvest crusades. Uh, send me a line, and we'll see if we can get connected. And that's awesome. And anytime, remember, dominionfire.com. You can ask us as well. If you can't, for whatever reason, find Frank or the books, you could drop us a message, and we will make sure that you get connected.